0: Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy.
1: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast. As always, our podcast is sponsored by the lovely people at Establishment Coffee. So for 25% off your order and free shipping, head to establishmentcoffee.com.au and use the code 025. Hey fam, how are we?
0: Good, great, <laughs> really good. All the W's. Do you know what's all an-
1: the W's?
2: Do you know what's annoying? Establishment being closed. Yeah, yeah, for like a month and a half. I know.
1: That's
2: <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I have to go and drive and get a coffee. Yeah. Well, Bridget's been bring me one. Thanks,
0: Bridget. Um, Bridget brought we... me one the other day. Thanks. Bridget. Yeah, that's all right. How good? I almost had a heart attack because I drank it. <laughs> I almost had a heart
2: attack today. She brought one. I've already had two coffees. Yeah, I've like, got
1: anxiety mm. now because I had one this morning. Oh
2: my <laughs> Not today. Not today, uh, anxiety. Um, all right, just start off. We're going to start
3: off what we're grateful for. CJ, what are you grateful for, brother? I, <laughs> it sounds terrible. So, I, I'm grateful for meat because at the moment- Your meat? Yes. Oh, yeah. Specifically my own. My own. No. Like uh, edible meat but yes <laughs> oh geez okay um at, at the moment our church every year, at the start of every year we do 10 days of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. and there's two different types of fast you can do you can do like a water fast or it's just water for 10 days or what's called the Daniel fast Daniel a guy in the Bible he did a fast where it was like extreme vegan it was pretty much like just raw foods and fruits um do you have to do with or without lions yeah after getting thrown in the den um yeah so i'm sort of uh, i'm halfway through the daniel fast right now and i really miss meat and the sugar withdrawals and
0: wait so which one are you doing daniel daniel not water okay. fast vegan daniel
3: mind. wait the sugar yeah, so withdrawals well yeah uh like there's so you realize how much sugar is in our foods and then now i can't have any wait, <laughs> wait can't you eat fruit yeah i've been smashing it trying to but i'm like it's still Wait, how are you getting sugar withdrawals if you're doing a meat fast? No, 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 it's like so. It's a Daniel fast, so it's like extreme vegan. It's sort of like there's still fruits, so mm-hmm. it's just raw foods, raw veggies, raw fruits, um, and whole grains. So like, no caffeine, no sweeteners, no. Did I say caffeine? Yeah, no meat. Like, it's like you're pretty much like a, a, a more, more vegan vegan. <laughs> right.
0: That makes sense.
3: How many days mm. have you got to go? Five. Five. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You're halfway. Yeah. Are, you, are you feeling good or bad? Be honest. Uh, bad. Okay. Yeah, bad. <laughs> bad and good. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys ever do the 40-hour famine? Yeah, I used that to do, do it best. all
1: the time when I was a kid. Every I,
0: year. I just really liked barley sugars. Yeah, yeah me
1: too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Smash the barley sugars. <laughs> yes.
1: And cups of tea. I was allowed to have cups of tea.
0: Did you ever do the, we, in New Zealand, there's a juice brand called Just Juice. So, like, we never had Just Juice or lollies in the house. So, when we did the 40-hour famine, it was just, like, heaven because it was just nonstop <laughs> Just Juice and forty uh, barley sugars. Did any of nice. you ever do, like, the alternative 40-hour famines? Like, Were the ones know, where you that? get in a cardboard box yeah, or whatever? Yeah, 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 That's
2: what me and all my mates did. It was mad. Oh, no. Nice. No, what's that one? So, instead of fasting for 40 hours, you, like, Is
0: it? I don't want to sound uh, ignorant, but you live like a, yeah, you pretty much live in poverty. So yeah, you, you yeah. make a little house out of cardboard boxes or whatever. Yeah, and that's wow. where you have to sleep and be for 40 hours. I think you just sleep there because we're going to school. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. you get all the modern conveniences <laughs> you get except to drive for to bed. School. Yeah.
1: We used to do this one at school where they'd only let us have like one bowl of rice at lunch. And that was it. That was sort of like a feminine thing that we had to do as well. It was Wait, like was that days. just like corporal punishment <laughs> in the I'm country? Not sure. I can't remember what. What that one was. But, yeah, we're allowed one bowl of rice for the whole day.
2: See, I'm set. I'm set yeah. if that was the case. Oh, for the whole day. Yeah, no, for the whole okay.
1: day. Yeah.
3: Not on my watch. <laughs> oh, it's so bland. Food's just I like so bland. plain rice. Yeah, plain rice is the best. Plain
1: rice and plain pasta.
3: Are you allowed to put salt on your vegetables? Uh, Yeah. So, I've been, yeah, salting everything.
0: Are you actually allowed or is this just like a grey area where you're like... No, uh, yeah,
3: you can salt. No sweeteners, though. So, no honey, No sugar.
0: What about raw no, honey? I think
3: no. I think it's no. so. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, yeah I'm sure. No. Yeah. Then Dan- Yeah. No, the, bro Daniel. the bro Daniels. The bro Daniels dogging us pretty bad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's a far. Fu- <laughs> so yeah, it's just bl- like there's times where I'm eating and I'm like trying not to gag because it's just so bland. I'm like, this is medicine. I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. As a lot of the boys that I'm lucky because I don't really drink much coffee. But some of the boys from church are like having horrible like headaches from like, you know. Caffeine withdrawals. Yeah. Real bad caffeine withdrawals.
0: Oh, you boys are out there doing it tough.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a few that are on the water fast. I've done it one year. That was the worst. Wait, no
0: water for 10 days? No, no, no. <laughs> no food for 10 days.
3: Just oh. water for 10 days. <laughs> for Just 10 water. days? Yeah.
2: Have you done that? Yeah. yeah. That's hectic.
3: Yeah. I lost a kilo a day. So I was like uh, 10 kilos in a day. I'd be dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, you would be. <laughs> you would be. <laughs> yeah, that was Whoa. probably the worst thing I've ever done.
0: Yeah, because don't
1: enough. you die? Do you die after three weeks with no food? Is that it? Three weeks? No,
0: no, no. You can you can pretty much go indefinitely. Uh, not indefinitely, but you, you last a lot longer than what you think. Yeah, yeah. Water's three days. Yeah, water's air. Is,
1: days. That's what I thought. Air was three minutes. water's three days. Food was three weeks. You so last so.
0: a lot longer without. All of those things. Yeah. Like people can hold their breath for longer than yeah. three minutes and people have lived seven, eight, nine days without water. I remember really? watching a documentary Gosh. about a
1: guy who was lost in the what? desert for eight days. Yeah, they come yeah. back
0: real messed up, like their skin's mm. all black. Mm. Mm. It's it's quite strange, yeah.
2: Just um before we get on with the rest of our gratefuls, I just want you mentioned the weight. So little Geordie who I coach, when yeah. I first started coaching him, he weighed fifty kilos exactly. And he goes to me just before. I'm about 70 kilos now And I was like You're all shit And and I made him go Stand on the scales And he was 68 kilos Wow He's gotten real tall And he's filled out a lot Yeah He's gained 18 kilos Since he started training here Obviously that's a lot To do with puberty But I Mm. I couldn't believe it I was like Fuck you're actually Getting big Mm. He was a little kid When you started Yeah, Yeah Yeah. Yeah. He was way shorter than me Now he's taller than me (laughs) Tom bro What are you grateful for?
0: Uh, What am I grateful for today? Uh Oh, I'm doing a CJ. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you got to drop a gosh. Oh, gosh. Wasn't ready for this. Uh, I've I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> done that all once. Now all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm grateful for YouTube. Grateful for YouTube. I, like, pretty crazy to think 10 or 15 years ago, you couldn't just have access to whatever information you wanted that quickly. Like, I, I digest a lot of stuff from YouTube and, uh, Thanks YouTube.
2: Yeah, YouTube's the goat. That's great, Bridget. What are you grateful for?
1: Um, just that it's Friday. I've been loving my weekends lately. The weather's been really good, and I've been spending a lot more time outdoors. So I'm really excited for that again this week. Going nice. to be at the beach a lot. Yeah.
0: Let's go. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Hopefully it doesn't storm. It's looking pretty stormy. Yeah.
1: Stary. Yeah. We'll see.
2: Um, I'm grateful for my health. I've been sick the last three days. I've had vertigo, the worst, and thing. nauseous. And I used to, me and my brother used to roast my mum for it because uh, she used to always complain about Vertigo and would stop her from doing everything. And I've realised, that's the first time I've had it. Well, I think that's the first time I've had it. someone screaming. Yeah, I don't know what that was.
1: That might be Sailor, the the new kid. Okay,
2: can I'm you just... I mean, ma- look on the cameras while <laughs> just, uh, you keep talking. And Bridget, can you just go make sure that they've signed a waiver?
1: <laughs> Do you actually want me to jump up and check? No, no.
2: no. <laughs> I don't think it was <laughs> a, <laughs> it is. a
0: serious scream. Keep going.
2: Um, Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, Vertigo. So that fucked me up the last three days, but I'm back. I'm back and I'm better. So if this uh, podcast is a little bit all over the show, we we planned it in about two minutes, because um, your boy's flat out. Yeah, <laughs> CJ, you're gonna have to do a lot. You're gonna have to do a lot of edits in this podcast. No, <laughs> no, nah. nah, nah. I, leave it, I like it, leaving it. Pretty
3: it's, good, it's natural.
0: We're not used to doing it this late. We're all a little bit flat. See, yeah. Well, CJ hasn't eaten in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Five days. <laughs> We've all been working nonstop and just tired. Oh man. All right. What's our quote?
2: Oh. Uh, um. All right. You reckon you got a cracker? Yeah, I've got a cracker. Hit me. Um. Just <laughs> pretend I'm a hustler, because I'm not really a hustler. Nice. Uh, no matter what side you flip the sandwich, the bread always comes first. <laughs> you
0: like that one? I. It took me way too long to get that.
1: <laughs> That's oh good though. My gosh. It's good. <laughs>
0: Bread always comes out on top. Yeah, well, mine that's goes, right.
1: Mine goes perfectly after that because mine's the opposite. Mine is um, <laughs> time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time at all. And that's, I was going to say because everyone's obsessed with the grind that they feel so bad every time they relax and do nothing. But it's okay to do that sometimes.
2: Yeah. I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Yeah, right, actually, because this is the first time I've actually wanted to train after being sick since the race, since that, power, that shitty powerlifting comp I did mm. and the race. So it's the first time I wanted to train. So I'm grateful.
3: Nice. Yeah, I like that one, Bridget. What's your CJ? Sometimes when you lose a battle, you find a new way to win the war.
1: Ooh.
3: <laughs> CJ's nice. plotting how he's going to win his next novice contest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I was saying, he's, I'm, pl-
0: I'm he's plotting to... what his
2: next proper <laughs> meal is. It's like, I can beat these vegetables. I can yeah. beat them. Is there watermelon at home? Oh, my gosh. Well, on that, I lost it at your post. Ask the novice. I'm going to have to pass this to the <laughs> novice <laughs> pros. <to> the pros. <laughs> No, well, was it
1: CJ Raven Steve and there was one more? Wasn't
3: Alex, it? Alex Alex,
2: Evans. Alex Seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'll be a good battle. Yeah. The novice pros. Yeah. Because they've all been around the block. They've all done a few comps. Yeah. <laughs> been around the block.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That I'd I'd be curious to see their dot scores, because I reckon that will all be pretty close. Well, I reckon at the moment Raven would come out on top. Raven or Wang? Yeah, maybe.
2: But I don't know. CJ might squat 300 his next novice comps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: you're not doing another novice comp, CJ. <laughs> yeah, they uh, I'm plotting non- how to get into a novice comp without <laughs> them finding s- out. No, we'll, we'll run a novice invitational. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sign up as Carl James so he doesn't know who That's a great it is. idea. Best of the best novices.
3: <laughs> <laughs> novice invitational.
0: Who? Where did you get that quote from?
3: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have like a massive, I have a cheat sheet in my notes on my phone whenever i hear a good quote i just write it into that so i've got like a list of
0: cool quotes so i don't remember where i got that one from and w- what inspired you to go for it today
3: i don't know i was just scrolling through it and the zero classic coming up in <laughs> Zero Classic. yeah um no i was just scrolling through and i was like i like that one i forgot i got that one down that was it really um yeah
0: yeah nice um hang on i forgot mine mine is opinion is the medium between uh knowledge and ignorance mm-hmm. it's like sitting on that continuum between having experience and knowing uh, but also knowing nothing and just making something up i like that because mm. everything everyone says is an opinion right mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes you read someone's opinion and you're like you're wrong it's like. It's not wrong or right, it's just an opinion. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's
2: weird? I always think about that. But your opinion's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's the weird thing about our industry. Everything's opinion-based. Everything's opinion-based. Everything's an opinion. And then people just start arguing on the internet over their own opinions. People are like, even like the people that are like, oh, you're so dogmatic in your approach. It's like, well, you're just as dogmatic but in your own way. Mm. Everything is, everybody's got their own opinions. And I saw you posting about it the other day, Thomas, about being in an echo chamber. And we're all kind (laughs) of stuck in our own echo chambers. Which, bias our own, uh, which confirms our own biases. Yeah. So like, I don't know about you, but on my Instagram page, anybody's training stuff, I try not to do this. Well, I try not to follow that much training pages and stuff. But you just unfollow a page that you think is a dumb opinion just because it doesn't align with your own. And it's like, wait, that's just an opinion at the end of the day. And all our opinions are based on, uh, well, I don't know about us, but uh, about you guys, but for m- us with programming, obviously we use the zero method, Thomas Ily, which you uh, taught us all. But, you know, we, we get results that way. So our opinions are, how do I say this? Our opinions are results-driven. Uh-huh. Like principle-driven and we get results. Sure. But we can, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But we can all be, uh yeah, I don't know, where the fuck I'm going with this?
0: Well, I mean, like if I was to pick up where you left off, it's kind of like we well, can get results in, in multiple different ways. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's right or wrong. It's just like your opinion is based on, what you've experienced mm. yeah yeah because even when we
3: had will on the podcast the, the stuff that you guys were saying like you, programs that you guys were doing back in there that you'd never program today but still worked mm. like you guys still got stronger um like i think you said like everything and nothing works
0: what i think is really funny is like the straw man arguments that people set up to say their opinion. So like a straw man argument is where you set up an argument that you're automatically going to win. Mm. So like you can say, um, it's very common for people to only train three days a week, but this split is much better. Even so when you say it's very common for people to train three days a week, it doesn't matter if that's true or not. It's like, it just automatically makes the next thing that you say, right. Mm. And mm-hmm. people do that in this industry all of the time. Mm. It's just like, this is the thing or this is what people do and this is what we do and this is why it's better even if that thing that people do doesn't exist and people do it with like really outplayed stereotypes it's like it's really common for powerlifters to not care about their nutrition what? no, no it's not mm. like it's it's super it's super uh, common these days for powerlifters to be super mindful about their nutrition mm-hmm. like the get fat powerlifter stage was literally in the 2000s it's like 20 years ago but people will still like carry that and then make it fact and then make content out of it. It's really interesting to watch all the tip for everyone. When you read something, just ask yourself, does it feel true? Like, have you actually seen that or are you just believing them? Cause their post sounds good.
2: Yeah, like we, are, I've always said a million times, dickheads get results as well. No, not dickheads. Idiots get results too. <laughs> like the bro that get, goes to the gym doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but he trains really hard at really high intensities. You know, he he's going to get results as well.
0: I like how you've said it a million times. It's the first time I've heard it.
2: <laughs> I think I always say idiots get results too. I've heard too. it before. Yeah. Maybe I say it to my clients when they ask about why someone's so strong. Why is this bodybuilder so strong? I'm like, oh, dickheads get results too. Mm, nice.
0: But um <laughs> all right, Fons floated the podcast
2: topic for today. <laughs> Fons.
3: Uncle
0: Fons.
2: Yeah, I asked Bridget to, I said Bridget organizes podcast and she asked Fons and Fons came up with a really good uh good thing. How's that <laughs> for delegation?
0: James's project is the <laughs> podcast. He pumps it off to Bridget and Bridget pumps it off to someone who's not even <laughs> in the podcast.
1: I want to know what the listeners want to hear about. Well,
2: <laughs> oh, can I can I defend myself? Don't play the sick card. <laughs> I've been sick for three. Thomas, <laughs> Thomas expects me to be lying in bed with vertigo, thinking, "Fuck, what are we going to talk about on the potty this way?" <laughs> um,
0: Zero is a twenty-four-seven enterprise. <laughs> <servant>. <laughs> Uh, but um, Weren't you the one Just talking about Bread on the table Or whatever <laughs> Yeah <laughs> but not when I'm sick Not when <laughs> my Bread head's on spinning. the table yeah. No you're too nauseous yeah. To eat So <laughs> bread doesn't
2: count. the only time up. I
0: don't want bread <laughs>
1: TJ I'm are you allowed To eat bread at the moment No Oh that's sad You knew that
0: You're just taunting me. <laughs> <No. it. laughs>
1: I wasn't sure If he was allowed <laughs> no. to have bread Bread's
0: not a vegetable
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright but Local uh, Local Wait, legend Hang on Hang on Hang on I just thought of a hack you know how it's real trendy these days on like Instagram and TikTok for people to make everything into a cake? Mm. It'll be like, oh, a printer, and they cut it in half, and it's a cake. There you go. I'll eat a printer. Yeah. No, you, you can but eat make, fruit, yeah. but they don't need to know that it's cake.
2: Oh, wow. I, I suppose God will know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> he's always watching. No, he's still on annual leave, isn't he? No, he's back. Oh, oh is he back. back? He's back. Wait, First when did you? you? Oh, two weeks. Oh, so God, God's been back. Yeah, it's been. I was back on the books, back on the tools. Twenty twenty three loading. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, so Fons, local legend and uh, OG here. He's uh, floated the question out. Equipped lifting,
0: how do you get into it? With great difficulty. (laughs) The suits are tight. (laughs) You normally need about six people to shove you into one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, we've got um. I don't want to say equipped lifting is on the rise, but I feel like I've seen a few equipped lifters floating around lately. Who are you looking at? I think just you and <laughs> <laughs> But that's enough to make it. There was one time where you guys were both lifting equipped. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Okay,
0: so the, you picked the two oldest,
2: brokenest guys <laughs> in the gym. Uh, Equipped's on the rise. Nah, but in all seriousness, how do you get into it, Thomas?
0: Uh, well, it's funny because like equipped, when I started powerlifting, there was no such thing as raw. Like Equipped was the only option. So my first comp, I didn't do equipped because I didn't know what equipped was. So I just knew powerlifting. So I went raw and people were wearing these like weird-ass looking shirts and strange-looking suits. And I was like, what is going on here? Uh, and I didn't actually know what equipped was for ages after that. Um, so back then it was kind of easy to get into it or easier to get into it if you found yourself in the powerlifting circle because everyone had a suit. And so like the general pathway for most people to try it, like you've tried equipped, you wouldn't go, I want to try equipped and then go out and buy a shirt because the shirt's going to cost you several hundred dollars. You don't know how to put it on. You don't know how it fits. You don't know anything about it, how it's going to feel. Most people get into it by being grandfathered in by someone saying, I have a suit that's probably going to fit you. Try it on. Uh, and that's, that's it. It's, it's so it is actually, there's quite a high barrier to entry for it because not a lot of people have suits lying around. There's a lot of gyms or gym owners I know who have gyms like this that have like we've got a box up there that's just full of different size suits of of various kinds and shirts of various kinds. There's a lot of people like me out there around the country who have that, but outside of that, it's pretty hard to get into.
2: It's, um, it's weird to think, I don't know if CJ and Bridget know this, but you know, raw powerlifting is not even 10 years old.
1: Well, that was going to be my next question. When did it start to take off? And well, how?
0: it's, it's just over 10 years old now. Oh, just okay, over wow. 10 now. 2012 is kind of like when there, there was, there was meets before that, that were raw, um, but most people consider the IPF taking on raw powerlifting as the beginning of raw. was so, 2011-12. Yeah, that's when I'm thinking oh, I thought it was late, I thought it was 2014. no 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 11 no. twelve
3: yeah. yeah, right. that it's, is wild. yeah, yeah, yeah so it? it's really odd to think. I've uh, always thought it was the other way around where like people started bringing in suits and shirts to assist. Yeah. you know I, I thought, because how does how does it start then? how does it how does powerlifting start? Well, it's obviously, it's
2: it's helped facilitate the growth, like, obviously immensely, because the barrier to entry, when it was
0: equipped, was very high. Mm. Yeah, uh, the barrier to entry was high, and just powerlifting sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, there had been massive, massive disintegration of the sport because of the split, in Australia I'm talking, because of the split with the IPF staff, and then... Uh, there was a big turnover of, of presidents going on in the non-IPF federation for a long time and people were getting pissed off and the quality was decreasing. And then Marcus, um, who, who runs Pro Raw, he really sort of revived powerlifting by bringing GPC to Australia. Um, and so that, that added another layer of competition for federations and then the other, the, the other federation started pushing a bit more and so powerlifting kind of grew together and, and PTC gyms were a big part of that because there was a rapid growth of PTC gyms around the country and, and we were all doing novice comps and that was bringing new people into the sport. So combination of lots of things. So when you first
2: started uh, your own, so the first gym that you had, PTC Gold Coast, was that still in the equipped era?
0: No. No. No, no, no. So that was 2012, Raw had started. Like I had competed at Raw States and Nationals that, that year. Yeah, well, wow. Yeah, no, Raw Raw was taking off. Okay. So
1: taking off just in Australia or worldwide? Worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Only 10 years. Oh, that's isn't,
0: wild isn't it to me. crazy? Because
3: all the big powerlifters that I ha, got me into this sport or found through the sport, all are raw lifters. I think about like Russell Orhe, Steffi Cohen. Like they're not equipped lifters. Mm. That, well, yeah, Russell Orhe still very
2: new to the sport as well. He's only been competing since 2016, 2015 or really? 2016. Yeah. Because he got me into
0: powerlifting. He was one of my first uh, inspirations. Well, man, think as well. Like the powerlifters that you know and that got you into the sport, uh, younger people that are familiar with technology and social media, you know, like the mm. the dinosaurs that were doing equipped before that are still doing it, or um, are still in powerlifting, they've probably changed to raw or changed to raw along the way. They're probably not that active on social media. Mm. So you know, um, <clears throat> like with a uh, like one
2: one uh, crew that's really well known in powerlifting. World is obviously Westside, yeah. Um, so obviously, they I don't want to sound ignorant again, but did they not really like evolve with the times? Because, like, you still see Westside stuff and it's all still equipped. I don't want to say evolved because it's still a different sport, in my mm. opinion, equipped versus raw, but everything is still very equipped. And yeah. whenever you see people competing that are a part of Westside, they all still compete equipped,
0: yeah. I think, I think that just kind of like goes with the territory, like, because they they branched off and really got involved with SBF and um, uh, I think they got involved with SPF. I can't remember, but they they were known for like multiply stuff because multiply is relatively new. Multiply was only sort of coming into play around the time that Raw was coming into play, maybe a little bit before that as well. Um, and uh, th- they just built that as like their brand, I guess, you know, like they still, there's a lot of their lifters that have done a lot of raw meat mm-hmm. and are famous for doing raw stuff. Um, But it's just kind of been a label attached to them. I I don't think West Side and equipped lifting necessarily go hand in hand, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: Do you guys know what uh, powerlifting was called before it was called powerlifting? Odd lifts. Yeah. What was it called? What? Odd lifts. Odd Odd lifts. Odd lifts. lifts. Could you imagine saying that today in 2023? What do you
0: do? I'm an odd lifter. (laughs) I can't actually remember. (laughs) What? It was like overhead press, strict curl. I don't know, I don't actually know what what it started as. I can't. I've read it a million times, but I can't remember the exact like progression.
2: Because I've been going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, looking at all the eras of uh, of lifting. So you know, going back to looking at exercises from like the Bronze Era, um, you know, like the Golden Era. Is it called the... I don't think it's called the Silver era. I have
0: no idea what you're talking about, to be honest.
2: Oh, really? So, I've gone down a little rabbit hole and seen, like, what exercises people did in this time. And you know, like, it's all trending at the moment. We're going to talk about it later in the podcast, but like the Zercher squats, how people uh, people used to back squat in the day without actually a rack. I can't remember the name of it. I should have done a little bit more research on this, but I didn't know we're mm. talking about it. Um, but it's pretty interesting. Like, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, type in, like, Bronze Era lifting, yeah. odd lifts. Bronze Era odd lifts or, like, Golden Era lifting, whatever. Um... Because, yeah. you know, we all talk about golden era bodybuilding, yeah. which is like, you know, 70s, 80s. I mean, would you say the 60s? Nah. Oh, no, no. okay. So 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously the silver era is, I think, before then and the bronze era is before then. I could be completely wrong with that, but... Mm. Yeah,
0: no idea. Um, yeah, no, it's exactly like you say, though. Al- almost everything that becomes cool and that seems new is probably really old. Mm-hmm. Has probably been done before and done to death. So... You're getting back into equipped lifting. I'm doing equipped lifting out of necessity. It's probably a better way of saying (laughs) it. I'm doing equipped lifting because my hips are, as the Spanish would say, el cucto. (laughs) (laughs)
2: How's how's your uh, journey back into the
0: equipment? Horrible. Horrible? Nah, it's nice. Like I was saying, I was saying to Stenzel the other day, it has been so many years, um, so many years since I've been able to train mindlessly, like as in put a bar on my back with a whole bunch of weight and do a set of squats and not be like, is my hip going to hurt? Am I loading into that side? Is something going wrong with my body? Um, Because like once, once you've got something chronic happening, it's pretty hard to ignore it. You get good at ignoring it, but you never truly ignore it. So like putting on the suit and being able to perform the way I used to be able to perform feels really good. Uh, I'm really struggling with bench, mm. <laughs> really struggling. I've got, I've never had new equipment in my life. Like all the equipment that I've ever used has always been hand me down. And I'm just going to say it again. Cause I say it all the time, but I'm not an equipped guy. Like people have seen me do two equipped comps and they're like, Oh, you do You're that equipped guy. You do equipped. No, I'm not the <laughs> equipped guy. I don't actually know that much about it. Like I'm, I know a lot, but I'm not, I'm not the equipped guy. Uh, so I've never used a new shirt or a new suit, and I got a new suit and I got a new shirt, and the shirt is punishing me. Um, so I haven't I haven't been nervous about like my ability to do a bench in the shirt, but as each week goes past, I'm getting a little bit more nervous, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Like as in being able to touch the chest. I've I've Damn. watched you
2: chuck on, you know. Oh yeah, surely another hundred kilos he's gonna be able to touch his chest. I'm like, nah, his elbows bent, <laughs> the bar moved about three centimeters. <laughs> like, so, um, how do you keep going from there? Like what's the what what's your next move? Because I've seen you try, was it two twenty, two forty?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I did two twenty for a triple and a double for an elbow bend. <laughs> on Saturday with, with with Jamie in Brisbane, and uh, that that moved the furthest that that shirt's moved. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's starting to wear in. So it was it was a third of a bench rather than a quarter. <laughs> I think it's starting to wear in, but I also panic bought a shirt from Europe. So. <laughs> like a slightly bigger
2: size you might have to do what i said uh i spoke about on the podcast previously you might be one of those guys yeah. and i'm like how can yeah, something open over? raw no, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've i got, suck it equipped <laughs>
0: i've got old shirts in there that i can put on yeah i just won't be as strong yeah okay yeah yeah
2: right so um i've got a few questions about equipped hit me um does
0: equipped carry over into raw lifting this is a great question i'm really glad you asked it <laughs> um <laughs> Because this can be the same for so many things. Like, does this carry over into that Uh, as in the same thing? Do do knee wraps carry over into sleeves, all that sort of stuff? I think think it wouldn't be right to say, yes, it carries over in the sense of strength. I don't think necessarily that doing equipped lifting is going to make you raw stronger. Like, you get strong at what you're doing because there's a skill aspect to it. Um, But I think there are a lot of attributes that carry over. So equipped makes you really good at understanding tightness and control. It makes you have to be hyper aware of technique because so the way that equipment works is you think about, you know, think about what we teach with zero in terms of the technique and the rules and everything. It's all like uh, getting into positions of tightness and control and wavering from those positions means power leaking the suits try to put you into the worst positions possible. And when you fight that, you create like torque in the suit. And that's what makes, makes the stuff pop. So it makes you have to be good at technique. So like, you know how everyone sucks at equipped deadlifting? Mm-hmm. It's just because they suck technically at deadlifts. So deadlifts are the hardest with equipped because in a squat you're standing up so you can load down into the suit um, with the weight and control it. With a deadlift, you have to do that with your own strength. Like you have to tighten your back against the suit telling you to be as rounded as possible. So if you've got good technique and you can fight the suit, you get a shitload out of a deadlift suit.
2: Yeah. Right. So a deadlift suit, um, I've seen some people just put a squat suit on backwards. Yeah. Is that, is there deadlift suits as well or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to CJ about this the other day. I've never actually worn a deadlift suit until Fonz, shout out Fonz, gave me one or lent me one for that comp the other week. And he said, I can borrow it up, up to this next comp. And the, as far as I know, deadlift suits are based on a squat suit worn backwards. Yeah, right. Yeah, so every comp before this, the two comps before this, uh, <laughs> I've just I've just worn a deadlift suit, a squat suit backwards for for deadlifts.
2: Any uh any noticeable differences with a proper deadlift suit? No,
0: no, still sucks. <laughs> no. It's just, cool. just so tight and horrible. Like dead deadlifts are, I'd say bench is the hardest. Deadlifts are also very hard though because it's just like by the. Like in the squat and the bench, as you're going down, you feel the pressure building in your head and in your body and it builds up and it builds up and builds up and it sucks, feels so bad. But you get to ease into it um, and you've already got the weight. Whereas in the deadlift, you have no weight and you're grabbing the bar and then you're building all this tension. By the time you get to the bottom, you don't feel like lifting anymore. You feel like dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's, it's an interesting experience.
2: So once you've got a squat suit on, like, you know, obviously we've got a pe- lot of people here that compete in wraps and you can't wait to take the wraps off. Mm. What's it like wearing wraps and a squat suit? Surely that's fucking hell on earth.
0: Yeah, it's not nice. The worst thing is when you need to pee. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. once it's on, it's on. Like yeah, it's not coming off. True. And you guys already know I go to the toilet every 25 seconds. So oh, really that- got a plan for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Ed Con tells the story of how he shot himself on the first rep of a set of five, <laughs> and like because of the pressure in the suit, it like shot up his back, <laughs> and then he he did he finished the set because he's like, well, I shit myself. They're like, why don't you stop? It's like, what's the point of stopping? It's already happened. I can't unshit myself, <laughs> so he just kept going. That's Hector. Wow. it. Up his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd hate to be the back spotter on that one. Oh my um, gosh. Also. Yeah, but no, and like. I actually... The, have you done a squat suit? You've done a bench shirt? Only bench shirt. Um, you know what it's like. Like what, Bench shirts are definitely the most uncomfortable of the three. Mm-hmm. Like you get this really numb hand. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's always because my... Bench shirts are too tight for me, or my arms just massive. It's, I, I don't know, <laughs> but they seem to like affect circulation a lot more than my squat suit ever does. Well,
2: that's what I was. I know you're, you, you're joking about this, but that's what I was going to say. When me, you, and Ricky did equipped, you guys both have very big arms. I don't have big arms. I was obviously wearing a way looser shirt. Yeah, but I felt like it was so much looser around my arms than you guys. Mm.
0: And, and it, you were wearing a, a baby shirt as well, like yeah, as in what he's trying no. to say baby size I'm, no, like, no, I'm, not, no. I'm not that small brother no like an, like an intro shirt yeah okay it's a, a bit nicer and they're, they're a little bit more like flexible but that was still a nightmare like I could like, still you lose your knuckles yeah, and yeah Your hands swell up and you lose your, it's just a horrible feeling i just remember watching you tear
2: your hands up trying to take off ricky's shirt because oh, he's yeah. got fi- he had big arms as well yeah. big arms big chest so he's just st- i thought i honestly thought we we're gonna have to cut it off
0: yeah really yeah
2: because thomas thomas has ripped all his fingers trying to take the shirt off and i couldn't do it i'm too weak thomas would be the only one that would be able to try to get that off
0: yeah it's pretty crazy jeez because it's like a ring right you know when you put a ring on and it gets stuck your finger swells up right um i was talking again i was talking to stenzel the other day he he started in powerlifting in multiply like he didn't start raw he started multiply because he started younger than me we're the same age and he started two years before me uh, and that gym where he started was all just multiply. Uh, so he started in multiply and he had a bunch of sh- suits and equipped experience. And when someone at um, PTC Brisbane back in the day was getting into equipped, he put him in one of his suits. And they got stuck; they had to cut him out. Oh, wow. like it, it was hours trying to get him out, and it was getting to the point where it's like, if you don't get out of this, you're actually going to do damage from a yeah. lack of circulation. So I had to get scissors and cut him Jeez. out. And the suits are like four hundred bucks; yeah. they're not cheap. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and um. So just before I forget what I was about
2: to say, coaching equipped lifters, because I've seen that you coach a few equipped lifters.
0: Yeah. I just, I just finished up with Daniel Edwards. Got to give that guy a shout out because we started working together. We were doing raw and equipped like on and off. um, And then he had this goal uh, last year where he really wanted to squat 400 in 2022 and uh, the plan was to do it at the end of the year and things were going well and then he had a holiday planned and he's like, I want to do it before my holiday and that was in like June. Uh, so we did this run, we did this peak uh, with the plan to squat 400 before June and in his last heavy session before the test week, he tore his hamstring un- unracking the bar. Like he unracked the bar and he was using a mono when they pulled on the mono, it pulled the, got hooked on the bar and pulled it forward and tore his hamstring. Oh, uh, So uh, like it was a real you know, sad end to what was looking like a really good prep. And then he just got it in the last week of 2022. Um, So shout out to Daniel for crushing that 400. It was sick.
2: (laughs) That's unreal. But on that, like, because when I think, uh, when I've watched equipped lifters, like post this stuff on Instagram, like how do you coach that when you Mm. see someone, like you said, you can't even touch your chin, you know, your elbows bend, the bar moves three centimeters. How do you, like, what does coaching equipped lifting look like?
0: Ideally, it's exactly the same as, as coaching raw Mm lift, like there shouldn't be that much of a difference we're still doing squat bench deadlift so a lot of people say is the technique different or should the technique be different definitely not it's exactly the same lift and the technique that we use on raw like i said is fighting against what the suit wants to do so it's exactly the same i'd say it's more precise because you're using such super maximal loads so like With a bench shirt, you'll hear people talking about, oh, this particular shirt, like the Titan Super Katana, has a really small, uh, they'll call it a groove or something like that, where if you don't hit that groove, you'll just die. You'll fail the lift really badly. And it's super true, but it's only true because you're not holding 180 kilos, you're holding 250 kilos. Like It's so much heavier than you're strong enough to do without the assistance of that thing. Uh, So there's definitely more volatility, but the technique's the same. And so the programming is not that different as well. It's just managing fatigue. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're lifting really heavy, like way heavier than you can without the assistance all the time, it drains you. So it's just like no different to wearing knee wraps. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You accumulate so much fatigue just getting your knees wrapped Uh, wrapping your own knees and then, you know, obviously the sessions get longer as well. They get a little bit more drawn out. So I couldn't imagine what it's like with Equipped.
0: Well, so so think about that. What do we do then with knee wraps, right? We start with a loose pair of knee wraps. We wrap them loosely and then over the course of a couple of blocks, we get tighter and tighter, swap, swap wraps. Same thing with Equipped. Start with your old shitty equipment, like your training equipment. Go through the motions, do the volume. As you get closer, you add a layer, whether it's add knee wraps, add the straps up a tighter suit whatever uh and you build upon it slowly okay it should, the the actual programming shouldn't be that much different in terms of volumes intensities all that sort of stuff um, it's just relative to what you can do with that added assistance and managing fatigue because you're lifting more weight
2: yeah right um you mentioned just before that technique shouldn't change at all the biggest discrepancy i see in a quick lifting is the bench press yeah like you see people almost doing a front raise
0: yeah, it's, but that again, that's it's so hard to fight, fight the suit pulling your shoulders into mm-hmm. that like hunchy sort of shruggy position. Mm-hmm. You'll see me do it. I can't keep my shoulders on when I bench. Yeah, real hard. Uh, and so it's just trying to do your absolute best. Yeah, right. Because um, I can't remember her name.
2: She's a lovely, sweet woman that competed at IPL Worlds, and she pretty much did a uh, yes.
0: Equip bench, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. comes, she's come and done a few comps here, yeah.
1: Is it Nikki Burns, maybe?
0: Perhaps, yeah. She mm. competes with Maury. Yeah, shout out Nikki Burns.
2: But some oh. of those, I'm like, wow, she like touches really low, and it's almost a little bit front raising.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and sometimes that's just like a necessary evil to be able to touch. Yeah. And so this is the thing. Like even once you select the shirt um, or the suit. Especially with benching, though, and the shirts. There's so much more that you can then do to make them work way harder. Mm -hmm. Like, you can scale within the same shirt. So, think about it as, like, tightening a set of knee wraps tighter, uh, but so much more. So, you you can, like, uh, crank the sleeves of the shirt in a a direction, which will torque the chest plate harder. You can do what's called jacking the shirt, where you, like, pull down. You've seen me do Mm -hmm. that, like, really pull down on the collar of it and pull your 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 pecs your breasts up and out cleavage yeah and like crank your belt on real tight to hold the shirt in place um there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do with the shirt itself then to make it work way harder and and so normally on like a first attempt you won't do any of that and the shirt will like ride up as you're coming down and it will make you drop it really low like that Mm mm-hmm
2: Yeah, right. Because I remember um, even just same thing with like uh, manipulating how to use knee wraps. Mm. When I first got into wraps in 2019 with you, because I, you know, I was coming off like a fresh Achilles rupture. So I just, you know, I uh, found myself just believing that I couldn't drive my knees forward. Mm. So I used to sit back into my squats heaps. Mm. So I'd be really extended. Like I'd be really arched up getting fuckle forward knee travel because I wore heels as well. And then it was only until I wore uh, wraps earlier this year, I was like, hang on, I know how to use these properly now. Mm. Well, because, you know, I can drive my knees forward now. And the more I drive my knees forward into them, the more I get out of the wraps.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's it's definitely the hardest thing to wrap your head around with equipped is like uh, when you're coming down in a bench raw, you're controlling the speed of it. Like you're doing that work and you can decide it. When you're doing it equipped, the shirt is doing that and you're kind of guiding the bar Within the tension of the shirt, so you have to stay really tight, but you also have to kind of be kind of fluid, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like people talk about pulling the bar down, you definitely don't pull the bar down. That's just dumb. Um, but you can't you can't completely relax either, because you'll just relax everything and you'll just get squashed by it. So it's you're staying tight, but you're also uh, at mercy to whatever the shirt decides to do. Kind of just like steering this really ugly ship. It's pretty fucking scary, eh? Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> if
3: you're not pulling the bar down, how do you
0: touch? The weight. The weight just like settles it in. Like the weight will, will force the the suit to expand. Gee.
2: I just think of someone like Andrew Cooper who's done no equipped lifting and then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> with like ridiculous. three or four weeks, benched 425. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that, that's a different thing altogether. So that unlimited equipment is very – very much like a cross between a shirt and a slingshot it's Mm -hmm. so easy to use compared to a single blind bench shirt which is extremely difficult to use so if
2: you chucked on one of those shirts how much what what do you reckon you could do in one of them
0: well i did without any equipped training forever and i did 260 on the first try i just can't believe which is crazy because that's more than my equipped bench my Mm. equipped bench pb is
2: 250 yeah fuck
0: So those things are insane. I just think it's nuts that Andrew Cooper added 125 kilos
2: to his bench. Freaky. I just couldn't. It's already 300 kilos. So I couldn't fathom like, for me, I'm not a strong guy, so I couldn't fathom putting 400 kilos on my back Mm. for a squat, let alone putting 400 kilos on my hands on my arms for a bench press. That's
0: disgusting. So (laughs) disgusting. The the crazy thing about this, and this is no exaggeration at all. He had one try in that shirt before he benched 425. Oh gosh. <laughs> we did one session in the gym and I think we did. Oh, uh, it's on my Instagram or on his Instagram. I think it was like 360 or 380. Uh, maybe. I don't even know if we went that heavy, but yeah, we did one session in the shirt. Yeah. It's fucked up.
3: That Okay. okay. <laughs> um, Another
0: level. <laughs> what does, um, what does the future of equipped powerlifting look like in Australia? Lambros asked me this on my question answer yesterday. And Shout I, out Lambros, by the way. I yeah, love that guy. Legend, legend. Big supporter. Um, thank f- you. very strong as well. <laughs> very strong. So thank you, Lambros. Um, the future of equipped powerlifting in Australia. Look, I mean, there are a few more people that are popping up here and there, but I think it's always going to be pretty much the same as what it is now, mm-hmm. just because of that barrier to entry. Like, it's really not cool. There's very, very, very few big players that are like oh that person does equipped like back in the day think of like yuri belkin when yuri belkin was the talk of the town he was also doing equipped stuff now and then and he had done a lot of equipped stuff in the past so when raw started getting really big we had a lot of big raw lifters that were also still active in uh in equipped so andre milanachev um uh Belayev, uh, Belayev, uh, positive all these guys that were like the superstars of powerlifting were still doing things like Battle of Champions. Mm-hmm. Odell. Odell came from an equipped background, people like that. Uh, so there was this big comp called Battle of Champions which had massive prize money. It was all in Russia. Uh, stuff like that doesn't really exist anymore. I think you've got the, like the World Games, which is where Blaine Sumner went and competed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, it's just, it's just not big anymore. So I think it all... You know, people will pop up here and there, you know, so like people might watch me and go, oh, I want to try that. Or people might watch Colin Webb from Panthers Powerlifting in Brisbane just went and did IPF World's Equipped. People might see that and get inspired. Like there's a little equipped crew there mm-hmm. that trains, but I don't think it'll get much bigger than that, to be honest. Do you feel as a uh,
2: the equipped lifters as well, um, it's, it's like this in anything, but like uh, when you see the old school equipped lifters, you know, on social media and things like that, do you feel like they gatekeep the sport a little bit? Not really. What do you mean? Um, I feel like there's still some circles that are like, nah, this is powerlifting. Fuck that raw stuff. That's not powerlifting. Da, 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 da. You know, they kind of gatekeep the sport. I see it a lot. Like, um, you know, with skateboarding in the Olympics. Yeah. There's people uh, that don't like that it's getting commercialized. So I feel like raw powerlifting is kind of commercialized the sport a little bit. Uh-huh. It's made the barrier to entry a little bit uh, easier. It's made it more, um, I don't know, uh, like consumable. Yeah. As whereas what they're trying to do with skateboarding is they try to make it a little bit more mainstream and try to show it's not just the rat bags they do it and things like that. So now it's an Olympic sport. It's a proper sport and there's people, you know, it's the same thing. People try to gatekeep the sport and like, no, that's not skateboarding. It's hardcore. It's this, it's this and I feel like Equip uh, lifting is similar. Not that I've come across any of that because everybody that I know that does equip lifting, Yui uh, Fons and Colin Webb, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Shira, all very normal dudes, normal
0: nice guys. Um, but yeah. No, 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 I hear what you're saying for sure. And I mean, it's the same in BMX. Like, BMX is now in the Olympics as well. And um, there's definitely people that are like, no, keep it on the streets. And uh, I, I would agree with you for powerlifting, but in general, mm-hmm. like, there's people. And I I think I get um, a little bit biased in this view just because the gyms like there's there's powerlifting gyms that are like no we're proud of being in a hot shed and we don't really clean it and we have no equipment and sort of stuff like that it's like mm. you can have like the inspiration of where we've come from which is like you know a real love of strength sports and a real love of uh, a small culture and community. And have nice things. Mm. Like, there's nothing wrong with having <laughs> both. I'd say the people that are doing that for equipped, are just loses. Yeah. Like as in the old man yells at cloud kind of deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like very disconnected. <laughs> no, but it's true. There are a lot of people that are like um, very resistant to the direction the sport is taking uh, because they're attached to, like you said, just those old ideals. Mm. Um, like a lot of people don't like all these young people getting into the sport and making it cool. But... What do you think's driving the growth? It's mm. all it's all those kids that are mm. idolizing the Russell Orhees and buying the A7 this and the SPD that and the notorious stink slippers or whatever they are, you know. Like this it, they're the people that are making us have jobs. Well, that's what I always think about when
2: um cuz you still hear it with people with a zero. Zero's now over 10 years old and you hear people say I miss the old zero. I'm like, what? The one with 12 people? <laughs> <laughs> Like there were four people here. Yeah. What do you mean you Like, what do you miss about that? Like there are too many young people. I'm not like, this is not in particular, but you know, along those lines. And it's like, man, these are, like you said, these are the people that are driving the sport. These are people that are driving the growth of zero. Um, they're, you know, they're putting numbers on the board. Mm. That's why we've got mm. so many people competing in powerlifting now. Even when I first started powerlifting only in 2017 or 2018 or whatever, I didn't know any powerlifters on the Gold Coast. Obviously yeah. I wasn't in the circle, but it was unheard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now everyone knows what powerlifting is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can go around. Well, what, like, what do you do? Powerlifting. Oh, they know straight away. Well, some will be like, oh, is that the one where you go? Over no, that's here.
3: that's <laughs> <a gym> <laughs> mostly <laughs> the one yeah. I get. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's cool. But like, people know what powerlifting
3: is now. Yeah, it's and wild. There's c- commercial gyms that have deadlift bars. Mm. It's bigger. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's yeah. bigger
2: than weightlifting. Mm. Weightlifting's a dying sport in Australia.
3: Weightlifting's a dying sport worldwide. Got kicked out Olympics, you said. Is it still in the Olympics? No. So
2: I I I'm
0: pretty sure that. America can Same. choose. Such if they a shame. C- America can choose if they want it in the Olympics when they host it. Well, I mean, it's a shame in the sense that it was good to watch, but it would have been suck. It would have been so sucky to be a professional weightlifter in a country that does adequate drug testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're up against all the people that don't. <laughs> yeah. On that,
2: Lu Zha Jin... Arguably one of the greatest weightlifters in history. Yes. uh, Just got tested positive for EPO. Nice. So that's- (laughs) I shouldn't
0: say nice. (laughs) Nice. No, but
2: can you guys name another sport where all the legends of the sport have been tested positive? Cycling. Besides cycling.
0: (laughs) It's ironic that cycling is- Yeah. Cycling everyone except for Lance Armstrong. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he was never actually caught.
2: Yeah. It was just whistleblowers that kind of made him come out. Yep. And say he was guilty. Yep, yep, yep. He was a real piece of shit. Hey, eh?
0: <laughs> mm.
2: uh, everyone, go look at that up. The story about Lance Armstrong. There's documentaries on it. And yeah, watch,
0: watch Icarus. Icarus is a great documentary awesome. on on how drug testing works, what happened in cycling, and it's just got a wicked twist. Like it's a great, it's great called, film. It's called Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. Mm.
2: That's um, yeah, just what I was saying before. Like in weightlifting, uh, all the legends of the sport have been popped. Oh really? Every single one of them. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, Ilya Ilian, he's been popped three time gold. He's one of the greats of the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dmitry Klokov, he's been popped. Lujajin, Toma,
0: um, who else? Man, I I love that. Dmitry Klokov still made such a huge career out of weightlifting and like really utilized. Really utilized social media and YouTube and like- Getting attention, CrossFit, absolutely. Um, Despite everything that went down. Mm. He learned English so he could do seminars. Like that's wild. That's so cool.
2: He was the first guy that, um, because I know a lot of old school weightlifters, they're the same thing. They're real, they were gatekeeping this sport and they hated that CrossFitters did it. Mm. And then Dimitri Klokov, he embraced it, went around, did all these seminars. And he kind of like- I don't want to say he's the one that put weight li- weightlifting on the map, but he's uh, he plays a very big role in introducing weightlifting to the masses. Uh,
0: and, yeah. like, I mean, it's it's easy to sit back and go, like, oh, okay, well, the guy was a cheater, which mm. inherently makes him a bad person. Watch Icarus, and uh, it, might, it might change your perception on that because I dare say there was probably, once you got to that talent level – it probably wasn't much of a choice. Mm. Like it was, it was in places like Russia. It's genuinely like keep doing what you're doing and putting Russia on the map, or get killed by the KGB kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it, he was probably in some pretty, uh, uh, yeah. It would be incredible to know what actually happened behind the scenes of everything like that.
2: Well, uh, Lasher, the greatest weightlifter of all time, who competes currently, yeah, he tested positive when he was like 17. Mm. 16 or seventeen, mm. and then Toma, who's Arguably the greatest female weightlifter of all time, she tested when she was positive when she was really young as well. Mm. So these guys are all starting performance enhancing drugs at the age of like fourteen.
0: Yeah, this is maybe a controversial thing to say, but like one thing that's quite unique about powerlifting is that we do have tested and untested divisions, so it allows people to explore the possibilities of what they can do on performance enhancing drugs without fear or without you know without moral implications basically. Without being like, I'm breaking the rules. Because they're not breaking the rules. They can do whatever they want. It's mm. their body, their choice. Go for it. Um, it would be really interesting to see that in something like weightlifting. To see, like, what what the limits are of human performance with performance-enhancing drugs. Because, yeah. like, think of people like that if they weren't having to stay under the shadows, what they could do and how far they could push. And and people like Pat Mendez and, like, all these superstars that, um, you know... Uh, couldn't compete legitimately because they didn't have the option and they either felt the need to cheat or they had to cheat had to in inverted commas like it will be really it, it's an interesting thought experiment mm. like it's, if you if because there are people that will be sensitive to all those comments remove the morals from the situation like you might hate the idea of forms and drugs and sport and all that sort of stuff remove all of that and, and look at it like objectively so it's, it's an interesting thought experiment
2: Mm. So, uh, everyone go look this up, but there's lots of conspiracy theories about how Lu Zhijun tested positive. Because he tested positive in China. Yeah. So, in his home country. You'll never hear of a Russian getting tested positive in their own country. You'll never hear of a Chinese person getting tested in their own country. So, it was somebody from WADA. And what I've heard, well, I've seen in like conspiracy videos, normally if someone's flying to China and they say they work for WADA, like on their visa, they don't uh, grant them entry. -hmm into their country they're like no 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 you're not testing our athletes it's, it's an inside job yeah so it's like a state-sponsored thing but what they reckon happened was this guy uh you could look up zach Tallender does some good videos on things like this but there's lots of conspiracies out there about this um they reckon they flew someone in months beforehand and he was on a different kind of visa so he didn't work for water
0: ah uh, they smuggled him in yeah how crazy is that So
2: he did work
3: for WADA, but he was like
2: undercover wilder. Undercover. yeah. Damn. It's fucked. A thing. Hopefully, like, is that guy still
0: alive? I don't know. It's pretty fucking messed up, <laughs> yeah. especially in China. Yeah, yeah. like it's, any of those communist countries.
2: Yeah, it's like they have state-sponsored doping programs. You know, China, Russia, places like that. They've got state-sponsored doping programs for these athletes. So I think it's fucking. For me, it's like if you like going down. Um, I don't know. I'm
0: a I'm a fan, a huge fan of niche sport, every sport. So for me, this is like huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, good to know that you could do that for the last three days and not work on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's next?
2: Um, uh, I just want to go through. I've been thinking – there's been lots of trends. Obviously, you guys will see the trends on Instagram. Yeah, There's things that are always popping off that's new, what's flavor of the month and lifting. Um, I've just got a few trends at the moment. I've got a little list here, and you guys can rate them. So the first trend that's uh, popping off is –
3: in the sleeves. Would you say it's a trend, or is that just like a? Nah, it's a trend. Yeah. When that, yeah, when that started, everyone was put like buying them
0: and walking like a penguin, thinking they were the. <laughs> I haven't
1: tried them yet, but I want to. They're
0: I'm like I'm knee wraps. To buy some,
1: <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I love, I love this combo, like this Instagram combo, right? So, young modern lifter, uh, you know, training with frequency, hyper hyper specificity you know just squat bench deadlift a million times a week very few accessories not very muscular getting strong too fast plateaus for a year mm. adds a 17th squat session to the week <laughs> buys a set of ends and knee <laughs> sleeves changes coaches waits a year goes oh thank you to my 17th squat session and my new coach i added 1.5 kilos to my max squat it's like bro you bought ins and knee sleeves <laughs> But that's, that's, that's the trend. That's the real trend. You're forgetting as lightweight lifters, they
2: can tolerate a lot more volume. Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Sorry.
2: That's what they all say as well. Now as a lightweight lifter, I'm like, ah, pretty sure you shouldn't be squatting 79 times this week, but
0: it's up <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah. Wondering why you are burnt out come week four. Yeah, doing
3: SPD days, several mm. days a
0: week. Two but of those. Well, I mean like s- lots of these things in isolation are fine. SPD day, fine. Frequency, fine. Uh, it's when you combine a lot of them is is when it starts to get hairy. But anyway, um, zercher squats. I've seen a lot of people uh, doing zercher squats at the moment. Oh, I I think this is where it gets interesting on social media because you know every exercise has value, a time and a place. If you can find justification for it. So if we go like zercher squats for powerlifting, I'd say. Maybe reassess uh, mm-hmm. how valuable this thing is to you. Zercher split squat, you know, Zercher lunge of some variation. Uh, different story, but like a Zercher squat for the purpose of improving powerlifting, I think there are better options. Because mm-hmm. that's all exercise selection comes down to. It's not like does this thing work or does it not work. Everything works. Is there a better option to achieve what you're trying to achieve? What do you think? Um. Oh, sorry. To just to finish that off, what I what I'm getting at is that you'll see a lot of people doing it on like Instagram, but maybe the reason why they're doing it is like athletic performance versus for powerlifting. And then you'll look at that and be like, oh, this person involved in athletic performance that I really like is harping on about zercher squats. Maybe I should do zercher squats, but you do powerlifting, not like athletic performance. So, yeah,
2: hundred um, percent. I do. Do I think it's uh, do I rate them? Yeah, I rate them. I think they're cool. Um, have I ever programmed them? No, but I tried them just recently because same thing. I saw it popping off on Instagram. I was like, I want to try that.
3: And then it hurt my arm. So I never did it again. (laughs) Is that the ones where you pick it up and then put it under, you kind of like deadlift it and then have to.
2: Yeah. I think they're cool. I think it's cool. It's like comes from that bronze era of lifting. So it's like one of the OG lifts. Have you seen
1: some of the guys that, like, swing it around onto their shoulders and then get it on their back and do a squat?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. and they spin the barbell around on <laughs> yeah. their back. Have you yeah. seen that? There's yeah. People yeah, they'll, doing like lift it up, wild. put it on their
1: shoulder like that and then, like, swing it around and then do a back squat with
2: it. Well, that's how they used to squat back in the day. There was no racks. So in the bronze era, that's how they'd squat. That's wild. Yeah, wow. they'd have to pick it up off. The, they'd put, up on put it on its edge, Yeah,
0: stand it up on the side and then put it behind their back. Wow. Mm.
2: Could you imagine if we had to do that? This would save you so much money on Lico yeah. <laughs> and monos. <laughs> uh, um, next one is front squats.
0: Front squats was never on the list. You just chuck that in. <laughs> no, nice. he said is that it. Is a trend? Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're popping right now. Are they? Yeah. Have they ever stopped popping?
2: Um, maybe. Maybe I'm just in my own echo chamber and I'm seeing seeing them pop off right now.
0: Again, I I don't know. I think it comes down to purpose. Like I think front squats are a really great exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, I very rarely, I say very rarely, I never program them for powerlifting. Mm -hmm. I would only program it for powerlifting if someone specifically requested it. Uh, And again, it's not because I think that they're not valuable and not valuable for powerlifting. I think I have better options within the system that I use. Mm -hmm. Um, Me, I love them. Uh, With
2: some of my guys, I exclusively use front squats. Uh Uh-huh. But the guys I use them with, they aren't powerlifters. Uh-huh. So for someone like uh, uh, one of my footy players, Ace, he just can't get into a good position at all with back squats. Yeah,
0: so do and, front squats.
2: And we work together in the off season. I don't have, well, I guess I do have time to teach him technique. But I got, you know, we got bigger fr- fish to fry. We're yeah, trying to get, yeah, we're exactly. trying to get stronger in the off season. If he can get stronger doing a front squat, and if he can get in a way better position doing a front squat. Do a front squat. That's what we've been
0: doing, and it's the end purpose. What does he need out of training here? Strong legs, mm. so he can play rugby better. Yeah. Like, it, why? Why do you need to do that with a barbell back squat? You don't. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. And then uh, my other guy, one of my other kids, Jordy. Uh, he he trains me twice a week. Um, he just isn't a very good back squatter. Mm. Put him in a front squat. He looks like he's got the best squat on earth. Yeah, he like, cool.
1: does. Yeah. Yeah, His it's f- insane. Front squat <laughs>
2: looks unreal. And then you put him in a. Um, Put a barbell on his back, everything just folds like his pelvis tucks under, his back rounds, and like, how can I mitigate this? Chuck mm. a barbell on his front, he has to keep his upper back tight, he has to keep his chest up. Um, he can focus on holding his hips a, a lot easier because it's he's not thinking about it as much.
0: Exactly.
1: Is that good to program for someone who's sort of good mornings their squat? No. Nah.
2: I from from a experience with seeing people practice front squats. Those kind of guys just do the exact same thing yeah. in the front squat <laughs> and then it's way worse and their wrists start hurting and their upper back rounds and then by the time they've stood up with it it's just all on their wrists and their arms and they're like yeah they don't like yeah. front squatting.
0: No, nah, you you got to reverse engineer it. You got to be like is the reason they're doing this good morning action in their squat because they don't do front squats. Yeah. And if everyone else cannot do that good morning action and they don't do front squats, our front squats the answer to that. There's probably something else we can find.
1: Yeah.
2: For me, I've been uh, I've been doing front squats purely because back squats hurt my arms.
0: And you just like using bumpers and looking tough.
2: It looks. <laughs> <sick>. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do it you, looks wait, cool.
2: do you use the weightlifting bar when you do it? Nah, because I don't. I don't like scratching up the weightlifting bar.
0: What do you mean scratching it up? No one uses it.
2: Yeah, but the day I decide to do snatches with it, uh, ah, yeah, yeah, it's gonna it be fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let yeah. see. And then um, I did put it on a rack one time and, and Raiden, uh, Raiden, Raido told me off. Yeah, he did, that's right. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And then now I've seen it, I've noticed. Whenever you see,
0: I always just thought they had shitty squat well, racks. As in like, don't put them on um, the upright racks because it ruins the knurling where you put your hands for snatches.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you'll notice like at weightlifting gyms they've got cloth on the uh. on the racks. Yeah, so uh, wow. mm, I just use the Aliku now. Um, another thing that's trending at the moment. I might just be in my own echo chamber, but plyometric training.
0: No, it's definitely becoming cool Mm -hmm. again. Uh, I mean, plyometric training is great. And uh, the same thing, like if you're thinking plyometrics with powerlifting, forget it, it doesn't make any sense. Like on on the scale of slow to fast, people think powerlifting is a fast sport. It's a very slow sport. Very, very, very slow sport. Not super slow, but uh, definitely not fast. And plyos are fast things. It should be called strength lifting. Yeah. (laughs) Power (laughs) lifting is the worst name for it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because exactly for for power development, plyometrics are great. So yeah, I I think they're great for sports performance, athletic development. I think they're great for pretty much, uh, like if uh, if we were training people for general health, I'd have some sort of plyo stuff in there all the time. Uh, Yeah, I think they're fantastic.
2: Uh, Something that's training right now, hybrid training. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Good question. So it's, there's
0: it's a- It's in the dictionary next to a waste of time. <laughs> a waste of time. <laughs> as long as
1: you're enjoying it, is it wasted time though? Oh, Thomas.
0: <laughs> <Bridget. laughs>
3: yeah, Thomas. Yeah. Tom, oh, man, oh. Thomas, bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's still- oh, oh, man.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's just weird. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I find it really odd how everyone's like saying they're a hybrid uh, athlete now when they're just doing bodybuilding and a little bit of running. I'm like, bro, CrossFit. You guys have been laughing at CrossFitters for the last 10 years for this. (laughs) (laughs) They're the ultimate hybrid athlete. Yes. Mm. Yeah. A rugby player is a hybrid athlete. Mm. Like, don't you find it how fucking weird that we lift weights four times a week to, you know, get stronger or to get more muscular in which – I haven't for the last 10 years. Uh, And we can't go for a run because I'm not going to lose all my gains. It's
0: like, uh, (laughs) ah. It's like people get fit enough to do like regular things again. They're like, oh, I'm I'm on that athletic scale. It's like, no, you've just gone from being a piece of shit to less of a piece of
2: shit. That's That's literally me. So I looked at, this is really embarrassing. So I looked at when I was 12 years old for my 1200 meter time. So when I was twelve, my 1200, yeah, twelve hundred yeah, one2 K time was four oh six. Mm. And now when I run like do my speed work at like four, you know, four uh four minutes per K, I'm like, fuck, I'm an athlete. I'm like, I was doing that fucking <laughs> over no. fifteen years ago. <laughs>
3: oh, really? <laughs> a little bit different though. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like um yeah, it's funny. It's like you just get to the a normal standard of fucking yep. health, I guess you could call it.
0: Yep, yep, yep. It kind of, it, it's, this is getting a little bit weird and eclectic. It kind of um, highlights how useless we've become. Like how, <laughs> how useless the human animal has become from where we came from. Like having to hunt and gather and build things and forage and chase animals and run all day to being like, oh, I've got to walk upstairs to get the office. And maybe I'll just work downstairs today. <laughs> uh,
2: when, when I first started training at uh, PTC, uh, I no shit this is when I started getting fucking a little bit overweight too i need eat a whole bag of lollies before training because I thought I needed it <laughs> need the sugar yeah I was like, I need the carbs I got bench press today <laughs> do my three sets of bench and I'm like that'll do me boys I'm <laughs> glad done I'm glad I had my bad oh, bag of yeah, lollies I needed those carbs yeah you're fueled up mm. Um. alright one more one more thing that's trending mmm this is a look that's trending, Russell or he uh, patterned, patented, patented, <laughs> patented, pat, what yeah, the pat- fuck? Patented patterned this look. Made it popular. Yeah. The short, <laughs> the short shorts, the short basketball shorts, the wife pleaser singlet
0: and the Jordan ones. <laughs> this is a very popular yeah. look right now. What I mean, y- really, it's just like the most popular look of 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Just missing some fluoro colors. Mm. Because we've got a few people in
2: here
3: that run that look. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You guys feeling it or not? Nah? I don't know if it, I don't think it's, I don't know. It, the, there's always like a few things that he does that like one guy in the gym will start to do. Mm. Like when, when Anaru was training here and he'd bite his dog tags. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like and then, you know, someone else would dress like him, but, but I don't think it's a trend that like we're all.
0: Why did he have dog tags in the first place?
2: Anaru? Yeah. He was in the army. Was you really? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> or were they the ones you get from like Mr. Minute? Bro, I used to wear so I used to wear dog tags because it came with a pair of and one basketball shoes when I was younger.
0: Well they were when growing up, they were super cool when I was like 10. So I didn't have them, but my my brother had them and all of his friends had them. They thought they were the coolest things ever. Wearing, yeah. wearing dog tags.
2: I remember on a flight home from Australia, uh, when I was on holiday, I lost my dog tags on the uh on the plane. And so we stayed behind, made all the uh, the hostesses look, look for my uh, <laughs> your dog, tags. dog tags. And they're like, oh, what kind of dog? Like, And they are all talking about how like they are really important to me. And they're like, oh, what kind are they? I'm like, it says Anne 1 on it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so it doesn't have your name or anything. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the military. <laughs> yeah, <it> just came <laughs> in <with> my shoes. <laughs> and they looked so gutted when I told them that. And they're like, oh, uh, well, we'll grab your details. We'll call you if we find them. Did
0: you find them? No. Nah. Oh, no. Spewing. Someone stole them. Yeah. But that's, uh, I think that's us. Zook. All right, catch us next time. Love you. Give us five stars, all that stuff. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.